You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? This is the Phillies Nation podcast. As always, I am Ty Daubert, and I am joined by my co-host, Johnny Heller. Johnny, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing much, Ty. Just enjoying my week off. I know you had classes this week, but guess what? I didn't, so I haven't done anything for a few days. So, Well, you know. I, I only had two days, so it wasn't wasn't that bad. We're recording on Tuesday. I just got done with my last class, and I'm... I'm leaving school after I record this, so I'm looking forward to my little Thanksgiving break as well. Yeah. Um, something I'm not too happy about as opposed to uh, Thanksgiving break, I'm disappointed with the lack of MLB rumors that we're getting. We have a little bit to talk about, but honestly, this will probably be a shorter episode as we have not gotten many Phillies rumors at all. Yeah, it time... I'm just frustrated. I just, you know, when there's no baseball on and we're not even getting any rumors or anything, what am I supposed to do with my life? I don't know. Yeah, like we uh, we tweeted this the other day, but um, I've been talking to Johnny about how I'm just, we, we said in the last episode, we're going to do an emergency episode for just about every signing or move the Phillies make, or we're going to try to at least. And they can't even lob us to the Brad Miller emergency podcast. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it comes soon. But it's just been slow times around around here. Yeah. I I don't know what will be more fun, the Brad Miller um, signing podcast or the Andrew Knapp extension podcast. So <laughs> either one could come right now, and I'd be happy with it. All right, well, I think we ought to dive into our first segment today, um, which is going to be, I, I tweeted this yesterday, uh, and I think it's something a lot of people were interested in, and it's it's really, a, 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 I think it's a pretty interesting question. It's, if, if you could have one player that's currently on the Phillies roster repeat their best career season in 2020, who would it be and why? So, Ty, I'll let you uh, start us off. Yeah, so there's a couple different... Um couple different possibilities you could go with here as the Phillies do have, you know, a former Cy Young winner on their team, someone who finished in third for Cy Young voting. They have two former MVPs on their team and somebody who broke some rookie season records as well. So there's a a lot of possibilities to go into this answer. Um, Personally, the one I would go for, I think, is Jake Arrieta. If you could get 2015 Cy Young Jake Arrieta, you know, he had an ERA. What Was it under one or right around one in the second half of that season? It, I think it was like .8. I yeah, might be wrong. I but think that's... you're right. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. If you could get that from Jake Arrieta, to, if you get 2015 production from Jake Arrieta and then you bank on Nola bouncing back a little bit, uh, maybe not 2018 Nola, but a little bit better than 2019, and you bank on Hoskins bouncing back, and you bank on Harper having a good year as well. That probably makes you uh, a playoff team, and you know uh, a rotation where Aaron Nola is your number two because you have somebody who is so good uh, that that's acting as your ace. I think that makes you a legit, really good team. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that Arietta is the correct answer here because uh, when you look at the the rest of the roster, like like you said, Harper is still going to have a pretty good year. Uh, I think it's more likely that Hoskins bounces back at least a little bit than than he doesn't. Nola probably is going to be somewhere between where he was in 2018 and where he was last year. Uh, but when you look, what, what do you expect from Arietta? You know. 20 starts and a 4.5, 4.6 ERA. Yeah, I expect so, nothing from Jake Arrieta. Exactly. So getting that out of him uh, would be huge. I think another answer that kind of goes along those lines would be getting 2013 Kutch because then you have an MVP-level player in center field. So, you know, those two guys, there's, like, legitimately a 0% chance of that happening. So that's why if either of them were able to, you know, have that success again somehow... That would be huge for the team. I agree. Like you said with Arietta, you know, Nola as your number two, or even, you know, having Nola and then like a Wheeler, or, you know, if it went their way, a Strasburg or a Cole, that would make them a very legit team. But unfortunately, I don't think there's a very good chance that Jake Arietta is going to bounce back. If he, if he to does, that if he does, would that vindicate Matt Clentak? Like, do we give him credit for the signing? Do you think he knew that it listen, was going to happen? Listen, if Jake Arrieta repeats his 2015 production, give Matt Klintak a 20-year extension. Like he's absolutely <laughs> vindicated. He it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Even if, if he farms. stumbled it, he stumbled upon it by accident. Yep. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't matter. Well, all right. That's the thing. It's it's all it's all stumbling on on things by accident. You think uh, Brian Cashman thought Gio Urshela was going to? be an all-star caliber player no it's all it's all accidents yeah i don't know about accidents but you're just you're making your best guess a lot of the time. yeah it's it's i don't know i think when you look at the amount of time a lot of gms are given versus you know like how yeah based on the sample size of like moves made and stuff i don't think you can actually tell whether someone's a good gm based on the amount of time they get sometimes yeah i agree does that make sense i don't know no i got you I, so, I understand. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, we're a little off topic now. But I think Tim Kelly responded. Tim Kelly of, of Phillies Nation said that he thinks Bryce Harper would be the most fun player to, to, to bring back his best successful season, which was in 2015 when he legitimately had one of the greatest offensive seasons of all time. I don't have the slash line in, in front of me, but I think it was, what, 330, something yeah um i know 460 is etched into my brain he did have yes. a 460 on base percentage yeah which is absurd like that is who does that other than mike trout well that's the thing is bryce harper in 2015 offensively that season was better than anything mike trout has ever done like any single season which is crazy now obviously mike trout is a way better player and you know harper can only hope to to repeat that even once in his career but having that on the on the Phillies would just be a lot of fun, especially coming from Bryce Harper. Um, to to kind of transition here, what do you what do you think the chances are that we ever get a, another MVP type season from Bryce Harper? I I think it's pretty high. I would say it's above fifty percent. Really? Yeah. What is he? Twenty seven years old. Uh, I think there's at least something to be said about. You know, moving to a, a new city, a new team, a new organization. 
having a kid all in all in one year. Um, I don't know how much that impacted 2019, but it definitely could have uh, to a, a, a pretty decent degree. So I forget who said it, you know, last month that they thought that Bryce Harper is finally like settling in and he's going to be awesome in 2020, like MVP level Bryce Harper in 2020. I kind of buy that. I wouldn't be surprised if he was, you know, August, September Harper, but for the full season. Because he's the kind of player that can do that. It's just a matter of will he. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I I don't know. I Over 50% seems a little high to me because – like like uh like we've said he's only had one of those seasons and honestly well, he's had more duds in his career than he's had seasons like that to be honest uh a lot of good ones mixed in last year was a really good one but i don't know that that season was such an outlier and he was just hot <laughs> like almost all year well he was he was not that good but he had an uh, ops over 1000 in 2017 2017 yeah he only played like a hundred or hundred ten games. That's that's fair. So I I do think, like I said, he's twenty seven. I just I just think he's here for another twelve years. Not that he's not that. Let's how many how many more years would you say Bryce Harper's in his prime? What five? Um, five six something yeah. like that. So I think I think we will get that at least once. I mean, he was second half Harper last year for for. A full season is maybe not quite MVP level, but it's up there. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I don't. He he was a like a nine or ten win player that well, season. Okay, I'm not saying we're gonna get 2015 Harper again, but I think that uh, an MVP level season is is gonna happen. All right, that's know? fair. That's fair. So there is a difference for would, sure. Would you, if you were a betting man, would you place your money on? Bryce Harper winning an MVP as a Philly then? Um, no, because there are so many really good players in the National League. I don't know. All right, it sounds like a. I mean, I would. Sounds uh, like a hedge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I would. All right, I would. Oh, all right, I, I, wouldn't. I would. I would. No. He's twenty-seven. All right, so a lot of good physical prime. There's a know. lot of young good players. I know. I know. Well, that's what I said, and then he called, said I was hedging. Well, you're so. the one that said it's over a 50% chance he gets back to being that good. I didn't say back to being that good. I just having an MVP-level season. All right, whatever, whatever. That season, that season was literally one of the, like, a top 20 offensive season of all time. Baseball history. Yeah, he was he was a stud. I don't know, like, if we're ever going to see, if we're going to see that again in the next 10 years for anyone. All right, yeah, that's true. So, I don't know. Um... Just to build off that, the uh, a kind of similar question, who would you say is the most likely to repeat their best season in 2020 on the team? Like I said, Arietta and McCutcheon, that's not going to happen, but but someone else might be more likely. Who do you think is most likely? Most likely to repeat their best season. Huh. Um, does it have to be somebody who's actually really good? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like you could you could say Adam Morgan's gonna repeat his best season. Yeah, like I don't know, Hec- Hector Neris can be really good again. Like right, he is really right. really good. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm. Yeah. Um, I, I think Real Muto could repeat last year. Yeah, that was that was my first thought too. I think JT Romuto is just gonna be a stud again. Um, beyond him, 
I think Brad Miller could hit 30 home runs again. Yeah, probably. I I don't think it's very hard to hit 30 home runs in today's world. He hits the ball really hard. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, no batting we, gloves. For anyone who can't tell, we really want Brad Miller back on the Phillies. He's good, and he wears no batting gloves, something we discussed last night. Yeah, no batting gloves, always a look. Justin Bohr, right? Yeah, Justin Bohr. Bryce Harper did it once this year. Bryce Harper, he used to do it more. He used to switch yeah. it up all the time. Yeah. And he he doesn't do that as much. This year he went mostly low stirrups, which is kind of like a weird 1990s look that I don't like as much. <laughs> I think he should wear them all the way up all the time, or he should, like, just pick something. Like, come yeah. on. Low, low stirrups is not is not the look. It makes you look like... I don't know, like Mark McGuire or something. Like all the <laughs> all the players in the '90s, they were like rebelling against stirrups or something. Yeah. So and high socks, so they just yeah. wore the high socks but low. It looked weird. Yeah, Harper needs to work on his look. I agree. No, no batting glove Harper for like a full season would be really a wonderful thing. I think. Yeah, I I think he should wear glasses sometimes. He did that like once last year. <laughs> he couldn't get his contacts in, so he wore glasses. Yeah. All right. Just, just one more question. Who is, who would you say is more likely to ha- repeat their best season? Would you say Aaron Nola or Reese Hoskins? Ooh, that's tough. Well, probably Nola, only because Reese Hoskins's production in 2017 was like ridiculous, and it was such a small sample size that like I don't think if 2017 was extended, I don't think he would have like stayed that hot if. That makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. Nola, it's probably unlikely because he was so, so, so good. Um, I, I don't think either of them probably get to as good as they were in their best seasons. Um, but I think it wouldn't shock me if Nola did again. But um, Hoskins, like if he was, if he got that hot for a full season, like he did in twenty seventeen, I that. I don't know. I think that's probably like an MVP candidate type of player. Am I wrong? Uh, you are not wrong. Although he can't play defense, he's just useless. Defense doesn't matter that much. They played him in uh, left field. Uh, listen, that's what got Bellinger MVP over Yelich. Probably no, it's because like, he was and Yelich getting hurt for the last month. Well, yeah, but I mean Yelich is better. Uh, anyways, I mean I agree that. Like, if I were to bet, I'd say Aaron Nola never repeats 2018, like, gets to that level because uh, it was just incredible. What was his ERA? Like, 2.34 or something like that? Yeah, something like that. So, you know, I see him, I see Aaron Nola's best season moving forward being, like, under three, ERA under three, like, still an ace level pitcher, but just, he was just incredible in 2018. And I think we took it for granted a little bit. And then he took us all back to earth in 2019, and it's just uh, yeah. It felt it felt like going into 2019. It was it was always like, all right, we got Nola, and then a bunch of question marks, and he wasn't as set in stone as everyone hoped. Yep. So we, yeah, hopefully, I don't know. I hope they get a little more out of Nola going forward than they did this year. It's not like think, he was bad. It's just that he was so good in 2018 that the ex- expectations were so high. It was really disappointing to yeah. to see him like he was this year. Yeah, and he still had that really good stretch in, in July and August. I think we will, th- for the next 
you know, four or five years of Aaron Nola's career, we'll see somewhere between where he was in 2018 and where he was last year. Because also, I think the the different ball affected him a lot early in the season. He can't pitch in the cold. No. Well, yeah, that's that's a little alarming. That's super alarming. <laughs> Listen. The most important games are in the cold. Well, maybe the Phillies should look into building a dome so that it doesn't matter for when, all the home games. You know, I don't know, when they just give them all the road starts when they take on the Astros in the World Series. Yeah. Well, no, the Astros are going to be disbanded, so. That's, that's true. <laughs> It'll be the Orlando, the Orlando Dreamers. Come on. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep talking about the rotation. Uh, John Morosi of MLB.com recently said that he believes that the Phillies are going to have a starting uh, uh, have signed a, a new starting pitcher by the new year. He named Cole Hamels, Madison Bumgarner. And Zach Wheeler as the three, you know one of those three guys he thinks will be a Philly by 2021 or sorry 2020 I forgot what year it was for a second. Um, so me and Ty have talked about it a little bit on the on this this podcast. I don't want Cole Hamels, especially at the price we've seen recently. Ty, what do you think about Cole Hamels? I'm so out. If he makes 10 million dollars, like why would the Phillies give him that? They've already been burnt by signing an aging pitcher. Um, Hamels was hurt this past year, and it's just it's just how it goes when pitchers get older; they get hurt more, and it, it it's say it's safe to expect the the same thing from Hamels. And I don't think they can afford to pay him ten million dollars a year um, for declining production and for injury risk. Yeah, I mean. So first of all, I agree with you 100% with the injury thing. You know, I'm I'm tired of hearing people say, "Oh, well, he wasn't good in the second half because he was injured or they rushed him back from injury." Well, guess what? He's going to be 36. You think he's going to stay healthy? Um like uh, it's not that simple. Uh and while he was pretty good in the first half, I think it's really hard to expect that from him. I do disagree a little bit. I think if they can get him at like $10 million a year for two or three years, I wouldn't be completely opposed because... Ooh, I'm out on that. Probably better than what they have, but I don't think they're going to be able to get him that cheap. Uh, Jason Stark said... He tweeted this last week. I think that he had talked to Hamill's agent. They're looking for either one year at a high AAV similar to Donaldson last year or two years similar to two years kind of high AAV, similar to half, which was $17 million a year, or three years low AAV. I'm not giving Hamels over $20 million for one year. I'm definitely not giving him 17 or $18 million for two years. And then if you're giving him three years, it better be dirt cheap. So I I think I'm out as well. Who, who's signing him for $20 million? Well, all right. I think we've tricked ourselves into thinking that this free agent class is like really good. Yeah, it's like fine. It's all right. The problem is it's good, but there are so many teams that need starting pitching. It yeah, and, it's super top heavy. Yeah, and it, right. There's no, there aren't a lot of in between guys, and so a guy like Cole Hamels, who has a pretty good track record, uh, has 
you know, the second half of 2018, first half of 2019 were both really good for him. Teams are probably going to be in on him if they miss out on Cole and Strasburg or, you know, they price out of, of you know, who, their, their price range. And then maybe they, they miss out on Bumgarner or don't want to give Bumgarner four or five years, you know. So I, I think Hamels could price himself out pretty high. And I just don't think he's... He's going to be 36. Like, he's who? old. He's, I don't know. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Out. The, yeah. I think that, I don't know, people around the Philadelphia area, they're thinking more with their hearts than their heads when they want this reunion to happen, even though they've just been burnt. They've just been burnt by signing an aging, an aging pitcher. And everyone yeah. has turned on Jake Arrieta. And Jake and Arrieta fear, was like 30. And I Cole fear Hamels it'll be... 36. The, I fear it'll be the same <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? It'll oh, be the same thing. Time. He's so old. Is he older than Matt Klendak? I mean, he's not, but he might well be. I don't know. I don't know. He just... actually might be. Wait, how old is Matt Klendak? I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> Please look that think... up. <laughs> Do, does Matt Klendak even have a published age? <laughs> he's 39. He's 39. So, listen, Cole Hamels is too close in age to Matt Klendak to be on this team. That is the official stance of the Phillies Nation podcast. Yeah, yeah. Co-signed. All right. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about Madison Bumgarner, too. Uh, he, is, like... he is somebody who... Uh, Tim said the same thing, Tim Kelly, uh, on Locked On. He feels like he's the same age as Cole Hamels, but he's, like, six years younger. He just... Yeah. It's because he, he's an old soul, and Cole Hamels has, like, a... <laughs> it's because Cole Hamels, like, when he talks, sounds like a very young person, and Madison Bumgarner acts like an old man. So they just seem like they'd be closer in age than they are. Well, Madison Bumgarner's also been in the major since he was 19. Um, so that's also part of it, I think. But I don't right. know. He's only been in the major... What? He's been in the major since he was... Since 2010, right? Or 09? I think, I think so, yeah. And uh, Hamels has been in the league since when? Like Oh six? Yeah. Alright, you're right. Yeah, but, I don't I don't know. It it still seems you, like uh, it still seems like Madison Bumgarner's super old because of how he acts. Yeah. He's miserable. He honestly, alright, here's here's my take on Madison Bumgarner. He might as well be old because he's thrown like how many innings has he thrown in his career? Yeah. He's uh, thrown a lot. Without looking at fan graphs and or or Baseball reference. If I were to guess, I would say he probably leads all major league starters in innings since 2010 or 2011. That's just a guess. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't know. I mean, they. He's been pushed super hard in in the postseason. Uh, he's for the most part stayed pretty healthy. Lots of 200 inning seasons. I mean, he had the what the dirt dirt bike accident. Yeah, the Marco accident. I just think. I mean, he's like technically still young but he's not actually because his arm has just been worked and worked and worked and you know we see decline uh declining velocity he wasn't actually that good in 2019 because you can tell by his home road splits uh what's the what's the giant stadium um oracle oracle yeah it's a joke it's huge it's like the most pitcher friendly park in baseball they need to do something about that that park is dumb it's yeah. ridiculous yeah. 
And his his home road splits are ridiculous. He was bad on the road, and he's going to be horrible at Citizens Bank Park. Um, he would be honest. He he would give up so many home runs. You did the, I think you did the layover of his his batted ball data over the over Citizens Bank Park, and it would not be pretty. Yeah, he would he would give up so many home runs, and I mean, what do you, what do you think he's going to make? I I don't know. Do you think he could? It would depend if he's taking short term or or a long term contract, but do you think he could get like four eighty something like that? I think probably. I mean, I think he is in a somewhat similar boat that as like a, a similar spot as Arietta was heading into free agency. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. And you know, I I. Hope the Phillies would have learned their lesson that when it seems like a, a, a starting pitcher is declining, you know, they're, they're losing velocity, they're not striking as many guys out, etc., that it probably means that they're just getting worse and giving them a lot of money isn't smart. Didn't work out with Jake Arrieta. Uh, I don't think it would work out with Madison Bumgarner. Now, it just feels like, I don't know about you, to me, it feels like the Phillies are going to get desperate, especially if they don't think they're going to get Cole or Strasburg and they're going to end up overpaying Madison Bumgarner. They need to get Wheeler. Wheeler's the guy. Yep. Wheeler's the guy you want to invest in, not yep. Madison Bumgarner. Yep. Like, I agree. Zach, we- Zach Wheeler is so the guy. And I I don't know. They don't seem connected to him that much. I know Morosi said that. But I think I saw that the White Sox are are the ones that are most in on Wheeler. If not, yeah. you know, if, if not that, they're one of them. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like, as of now, they're really highly connected to Zach Wheeler. And if you're going to make a bet on somebody to be good going forward, yeah, I, it, it's him, the guy with the with the better peripherals and things like that, not Madison Bumgarner, who is starting, who is on the verge of being washed. Yep. What? All right. If you knew the Phillies were. You know, they missed out on Wheeler. They're not getting cold. They're not getting Strasburg. What numbers would you be comfortable for Hamels or Mad Bum? Um, I don't know. If Hamels, there was no market for him, and he signed like a one-year, 10-ish million-dollar deal, I'd be good with that. Yeah. Bumgarner, I don't know, because I, I just don't want him at all, because I think he'd be really bad in Citizens Bank Park next season. Yeah, I just can't shake the feeling that it 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 is really Madison Bumgarner would be the Arietta signing all over again. I really feel that but way. But lefty, but lefty yeah. and has personal beef with Joe West. Buck and rake. Yo, Arietta could rake. I don't want to hear that. Arietta he had a home yeah, run in a remember? playoff game. <laughs> Arietta hit a home run in San Francisco. Yeah, in the in the playoffs. Well, also for the Phillies, he hit one in San Francisco. If I'm remembering oh. correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. I, he he definitely did hit one in San Francisco in the playoffs, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, the time I'm thinking of is, is he hit a home run in, like, the third or fourth inning. Oh, and then, the got sh- so and then he got lead. shelled, right? And then he got shelled. And then was after that the, the game, was he that the Scott Kingery about game? his defense. Yeah, he complained about Kingery. <laughs> yeah. So, Jake Arrieta. That is, that is Jake Arrieta's. And yeah, you already know that would be the same with Mad Bum. He would be complaining about everything. He'd be so miserable. I wish I wish Kapler was still here and they signed Mad Bum because they would they would not mesh at all 
Could you worse. imagine? <laughs> Bochi was perfect for for Mad Bum. Can you imagine Gabe and, <laughs> and Madison Bumgarner? Oh man, Cap decides to to use the opener for Mad Bum. Goodness, <laughs> goodness. Yeah. Good, you know, Bumgarner. I don't know. If the Phillies don't get desperate, he feels like he could be a brave, and I don't think Snicker would try that with him, though. I'd be totally fine with Madison Bumgarner being a brave. Yeah, it would be a fine fit, I guess. The Braves, who gave Travis Darnot $8 million a year. Yeah, uh, just a point to make. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up shortly. Uh, a quick point to make. If that is what catchers at Travis Darnot's, uh, you know, ability and value, if that's what they're going to make, Phillies have too many holes. They're not going to be able to afford to sign a backup catcher if they don't want to go over the luxury tax. So everyone get ready. Nap will be back, and I'm not upset about it. Yeah, it's fine. What did Sunino get? The, the Rays extended Mike Sunino yesterday. I think uh, it was, was what, it four, four and, and a half? half. Four and a half. Yeah, yeah. So I think Zunino's actually – he actually might be better than Darno. I don't but, know. Darno literally got DFA'd, and the Rays made him good. Seven months ago. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not yeah, sold. I, Darno was good for one month in Tampa Bay. He was horrible. In August and September, his OPS was like 650. He wasn't actually good. He had two hits in the playoffs. He was he like, also – he was traded for two Cy Youngs in his career. Two Cy true. Young winners. Yeah. Roy Halladay and R.A. Dickey. The more you know. Some would say that Travis Darnell was the best player in the R.A. Dickey trade. R.A. Dickey, the issue was there wasn't enough wind in the dome. They couldn't make the knuckleball work. <laughs> that's that's my take. <laughs> People said there was something with it being too cold in Toronto. There was always stupid theories about that. I just think he was a one-year wonder. but And he shouldn't have even won Cy Young. Gio Gonzalez was better. Yeah, and so I, guess, I guess you could argue that Syndergaard was the best player in that trade, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Cindergard, but it might. It also might be Darnell. It for that one month, it was Darnell. Yes, the three homer game against the Yankees. Never forget. Iconic. All right. Yeah. Um, as we wrap this up, stat of this episode. What do you got for us? All right. This is a a, a quick one. Um, for any Sixers fans out there, Joel Embiid now has more complete game shutouts in his career than Aaron Nola. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, here's a – I have a stat for you guys. I think you'll love I it. I wonder who it's about. I, I think, wonder. I think you'll love this one. Um, this is my case for Andrew Knapp to be the leadoff batter next season. We're going to ignore the fact that uh, as the first batter of the game, he has never gotten a hit. We're going to ignore that. Um, as the leadoff batter of an inning, he has 126 plate appearances – an OPS of 885 and an OBP of 381. I wow. think that's a good enough sample size to make him the leadoff batter next season. Pete McCannon yeah. thought it was a good idea. He was right about Aaron Nola, and I think he was probably <laughs> right about Andrew Knapp. <laughs> yeah. We, have we have we talked about how Girardi probably loves Knapp? Like, he has to love Knapp. Yeah, yeah. Dusty Baker shouted out Nap after his interview. Girardi loves Nap because they are the same player. Because <laughs> they're the same player. Um, yeah, Nap. He he's gonna be back next season, whether you guys like it or not. 
Do you have anything else to add? I do not. I think the Phillies should go go ahead and sign someone soon, please. Please. If if Matt Clintack or any Phillies employees or, or players even, you know, I guess they are <laughs> technically employees, uh, anyone involved with the Phillies, if you're listening to this, uh, go get a signing done. We want to we want to leave Thanksgiving dinner so we could re- record the Brad Miller Emergency Podcast. It's my dream. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that'll be it for this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a, a nice Thanksgiving holiday, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.